Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Previously on Rough Translation. I love you, I love you, I love you. We were going to be the ones that get all the opportunities that our parents and our grandparents' generation did not get. Love is a beautiful feeling. I fainted right there in front of Akanksha's mother. What have these two done? I trust my give, mother. Nene, give them a chance. Did you intend to get them married? Or was that a trick? No. It was definitely a trick. Welcome. It is our base shelter of the Love Commandos. Yeah, we all call him Baba. They were so scared sometimes. When one couple leaves, all the others start thinking about leaving. This is the final episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation. If you're just coming here and you've not listened to episodes one through four, they are waiting for you in this feed. By January 2019, Suri and Akanksha had spent four months hiding out from their families in the Love Commandos shelter. And then they get a wedding invitation. Surya's brother is getting married. Because couples have no access to phones in the shelter, this invitation comes as a phone call from Surya's cousin to the Love Commando's co-founder, Sanjay Sachdev. And while Surya misses his family very much, he also knows that the last time he chose to accept a family invite, it did not go well for his wife, Akanksha. But when Sachdev came to him with the invitation, Sachdev was pretty sure that this cousin was earnest and it wasn't a trap. Our reporter and PR correspondent, Lauren Freyer. And Sachdev relays this information, and they talk it over about whether it's safe for Surya and Akanksha to leave the shelter to go to this wedding. Sachdev hands them back their phones. Surya and Akanksha leave the shelter. It's a multi-day journey to the wedding. They're not even halfway there, though, when Surya's phone rings. It's the Love Commando's co-founder, Harsh Malotra. Harsh Papa called me, and he's crying. Harsh was crying huh. on the phone? Surya's like, what's going on? And Harsh manages to get out the words. Shelter was seized. Shelter was seized? Yes. There's been a raid. The shelter has been shut down. And uh, tell me that uh, they have filed a case against us and Baba is in the jail. Owner of NGO Love Commandos has been arrested for allegedly harassing and blackmailing interfaith couples who sought help. News footage will show Sandre Sachdev escorted by two police officers into the street. His hair is tussled. He's wrapped in a big tan blanket. The NGO is meant to help couples get away from their family to be together. And Surya decides to head right back to Delhi, to Harsh Malhotra's flat, to try to figure out what's happened. And I remember writing to my agent being like, I could not believe it happened. My co-host Mansi Choksi was working on her book, The Newlyweds. I thought that he was so well-connected that it would never get to the stage. Who tipped off the police? And how did Sachdev's years-long streak of avoiding scrutiny finally break? This is Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. After the news breaks, Lauren and Monsi start getting calls from couples all over the country who'd stayed in the shelter. My phone started lighting up. Some were not sure how to feel. 
this range of emotion, like shock, disbelief. And others were asking me, like, how do I testify? Some, though, felt sad. They felt that um, he didn't deserve this much. He didn't deserve to, to go to jail. For all the wrong things that Baba has done, he also protected us. Many, even now, still call him Baba, grandfather. I don't think they would ever call him Sanjay or um, Sachdev, because I think that it just feels inherently disrespectful now, even when they're saying the most damning things about them. On this episode, the raid on the Love Commando shelter, how it finally went down, and the legacy it left, not only on the public conversation about love and marriage, but on the couples. As they do the work of disentangling themselves from this surrogate father, who have they become? And why do so many of them look back on their time in the Love Commando shelter with nostalgia? Love Commandos from Rough Translation. Back after this break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore makes products that stand the test of time and hope to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Empowering your best life in clothing that can be worn for just about any activity from running to yoga. Visit viore.com slash NPR to receive 20% off your first purchase and enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit teladochealth.com slash what's your why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. Gurov is the shelter resident we met in previous episodes. He was the one who was asked for money on the first day and also says he was bitten by the shelter dog. He was in the shelter when the raid happened. And the way he describes it, Sandra Sajdev was relaxing on his bed, and then there was a blast of cold air. People that Gaurav had never seen before rush in. As he watched Sajdev escorted away by police, Gaurav was shocked. Even though this was the result of a plan that he himself had put into motion just the day before, when Suri and Akanksha left for his brother's wedding. Gaurav badly wanted to leave the shelter too, but he says that his marriage certificate and his ID card were being held by Sajdev, and he didn't want to leave without those documents. Staying inside the shelter didn't seem safe either. He says the commandos had threatened to give him up to his wife's family if he didn't follow the rules or the commandos' daily requests. Gaurav says they would often tell him that Akriti's family would kill him. That's producer Raksha Kumar, who you'll hear translating for Gaurav and others throughout the episode. And that's how they kept frightening him, Gaurav says. 
Harsh Malhotra and Sanjay Sachdev deny that the commandos ever threatened any couples in the shelter. But Gurov says it was those threats that pushed him to try to bring the commandos to justice. When you see injustice all around and you don't speak up, your life is meaningless. And then Gaurav saw his opportunity. Sachdev announced that he was going to take a Kriti, along with another young woman from the shelter, to the Delhi Commission for Women, the DCW. The DCW exists to safeguard women. It's a government agency. It runs rape crisis hotlines, and intervenes in domestic violence cases. The DCW is a place where Sachdev has taken lots of women from the shelter, and there they submit statements that protect them against their own families. But this trip to the DCW, it gave Gaurav an idea. And with the shelter now vacated by Suri and Akanksha, who are the Love Commando's biggest fans, Gaurav hoped that he could win the other couples over to his plan. So Gaurav gathers together the remaining couples. So all the four couples just sat down and talked. And this is all, you know, quietly in their bedroom so that Sajdev can't hear them plotting. When he looks back at that day, he still trembles with fear because he took such a big decision. The plan was... When Akriti and the other woman went to the DCW, they would look for an opportunity. They would look for a chance to get a staffer alone and blow the whistle. This plan was not without risk. The DCW had been close allies with Sajdev over the years. Its leader, Swati Malawal, knew Sajdev personally. And it was very possible that the accusation would circle back to him. But Gurav tells Akriti, this is our only chance. Only for your hand. Before Akriti left, he told her that his life was in her hands. That he gave up his whole world to be with her. And after she gives her statement, who knows what might happen. And finally, he says it's a do-or-die moment. All the couples agree. And they put their hands together. And then they decided unanimously to do this. Delhi Commission for Women. Second floor. Thank you. The DCW is located in the government district of New Delhi. And you have to go upstairs and through a set of a couple doors. And you come out into this, like, um, linoleum-tiled hallway. I have an appointment with Miss Swati. You open the door and there's, like, a swell of noise of babies crying. And there's lots of women from all walks of life. I'm early and I can wait. I know she's, uh, she's busy. I'm here to meet Swati Malawal. It's really a bustling office with limited resources. We have worked left, right, and center. She's a prominent feminist leader. Grave risks to us. She was like the youngest ever chairperson of the Delhi Commission for Women, one of the faces of the Me Too movement in India. And Swati says that she actually first heard about Sanjay Sachdev the way that most people I know first heard of him. And that was on TV. And I was quite fascinated because it's a very good story. 
for Swati, the real value of the Love Commandos is that it's a place where couples can go and have protection without being separated. There are other government shelters, but they tend to be gender segregated. So shelters for women or shelters for men. And with these young couples who've just uh, uh, come together, it is very difficult to separate them, put them in different shelter homes. I think that's very traumatic. And would you say you were on the same side? The same side in terms of helping these couples? Initially, yes, because what he actually told us was very different from what happened. Swati noticed things that made her suspicious. For instance, there was this one woman that Sajdev would bring to the DCW office. And we used to observe uh, that every time he is present, the girl used to become a little nervous. And uh, I many times also requested him to step out and, you know, try and speak to the girl alone. But we used to realize that there is a little bit hesitation in that. Now, Swati won't tell me who the woman was, but Gaurav and Sanjay Sachdev and other reporting I've done tells me that that woman was Akriti, Gaurav's wife. We made contact with Akriti, but she did not answer our subsequent requests to actually go on the record and tell us what happened in her own words. But according to her husband, Gaurav, Akriti came to the DCW office, chaperoned as usual by Sachdev, but then managed to pull aside one of the DCW workers and tell them something she's never told them before. And we were totally shocked to hear what we heard. He was charging a lot of money from them. He was also threatening them. The men and the women were supposed to work all the time. There were dogs in the shelter home and there was hardly any space for the dogs as well as the uh, the people, the couples that are kept there. They were all forced to live together. So it was uh, quite bizarre. The moment I received this complaint, that very night we did a surprise inspection of the shelter home. You knocked on the door, and what what happened? The door was open. Frankly, we were really shocked. The environment was very bad. Much of what Akriti told her, it checked out. There were just two rooms. So many people forced to live in that room. We even found liquor bottles there, used liquor bottles. And when we went in, we thought that we are rescuing one couple. But everybody who was there, they screamed, they shouted, they just told us that somehow just get us out. And Swati says she then calls the police. And each of the commandos is taken to the local police station. Gaurav was excited for the commandos to be punished. He also wondered what that punishment might be. That's when Rough Translation returns. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learned. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org slash elections. We're back with Rough Translation. Swati Malawal at the DCW says that it wasn't just Akriti and Gurav and some of those couples who were complaining about the commandos. For several days, we received complaints from various other couples that the same problem, same torture, even they had gone through. And how many victims have you talked to? There were at least 15, 10, 15 more who came in. But there were emails that were sent to the commission and they told us and they some even called and said that the similar thing had happened to them. It took a couple of months for the full charge sheet to come out. The commandos would face six counts, including wrongful confinement, extortion, criminal intimidation, uttering words, gestures, or acts intended to insult the modesty of a woman. Interestingly, there's no male equivalent of that charge. Acts done by several people in furtherance of common intention is kind of like conspiracy. Sanjay Sachdev spent 93 days in jail, and then he was released on bail. When Lauren met up with him a few weeks after his release, he said he was still sheltering couples and still organizing rescue missions. The mission was successful. And I'm back here with you, straight from the mission. Yeah. What was your mission? The life of a female was under threat of honor killing. Over lunch, his phone is still ringing with calls. Sachdev denies all the charges against him. Lauren asked him, about why these couples had made these allegations. The early commission for women has been used as a tool, but that will come before the court of law only. I will not discuss that with whether Indian media, foreign media, anybody. We couldn't find any evidence, actually, that there was any conspiracy against the Love Commandos and Sanjay Sachdev, any evidence that Gaurav, Akriti, or other couples were put up to this by anyone, DCW, or anybody else. Sachdev told Lauren he still cares for every couple that has passed through his shelter. Even someone who testifies against you at trial? Even then. No issue. Even after that, if they say they are in danger. Once we said we are fathers, grandfathers, we will do the role. Sachdev told Lauren his work would continue. Even today, we are getting emails and calls from people all over the country and helping them. If we were so bad, why did not people stop uh, ringing us? But I am thankful to the believers of love in the world who stood by us. Feel Four years later, the trial against the commandos is still ongoing. Some people from the shelter have testified. Sachdev has appeared in court, but all of the lawyers say we could be in for another few years of hearings. But every time Sachdev goes back in the news, the reports tend to emphasize the filthy conditions, the liquor bottles on the floor, the demands for money. Mansi says those stories, they send a message. It reinforces the fact that once you cross the invisible lines of the caste system, you are going to fall into trouble. So if it's not an honor killing, you're going to be um, trapped in this scam. 
That's the sad thing. That's the saddest thing that's come out of this is that here you have someone who was promising to protect you for for challenging the caste system, but the real thing is that he is going to defraud you. Isn't that so sad? Yeah. It's like the worst thing he did was just conform to expectations. I think so because this is another example of another bad thing that can happen if you do an intercaste marriage. If Sachdev's whole mission with the commandos was to challenge the status quo, his arrest has helped some people underscore the need for it. In the days after Swati's surprise inspection, Gaurav spent a lot of time enjoying everyday things with his wife. Riding the subway, going to the movies. It all just felt so new. They had a picnic in the park with some other couples who'd been released from the shelter. They were all sitting together, talking, laughing. They had their phones in their hands and they had their marriage certificates in their hands. So he says the biggest celebration was actually holding on to that marriage certificate. Suri and Akanksha were not at this picnic. They spent the days after the raid trying to figure out how to help the commandos defend their name. Surya says he didn't have a support system when Akanksha was taken away by her parents back to her village and Sachdev was there for him. So now when Sachdev needed his support, he really could not turn his back towards him. That's why Baba is like God to me. Because he helped me at that moment when I have no one in my back. And he wants to help Sachdev, he wants to help his baba. And he starts manning the phones, calling other couples, you know, who might be sympathetic. What can they do? He goes to this Hindi language TV station, you know, literally knocks on the door and says, hey, can I give an interview? Can I give my account? Like, I know these guys. They turn him down. This was a new side of Surya's personality. One thing that Sachdev would tell all the couples in the shelter was that they were children back home. They needed to grow up. But for Gurov and for Surya, it took getting out of the shelter to see that change in themselves. I've had more couples describe their time at the shelter as happy memory than, you know, this is the worst, torturous time in my life. Mansi and Lauren were both surprised that so many couples speak about the shelter now with some degree of nostalgia. Even Gurov, who has no love for the commandos, says he misses the community the bond with other couples he hasn't found on the outside. More than one couple described their time in the shelter as... Like a honeymoon. It's probably the only time in their entire life where it's going to be just them alone. Outside of the shelter, they're part of a larger unit. They're, they're mostly living with their family, so this is the only time where they are the family unit. One thing the shelter offered had little to do with the commandos, and much more to do with this being a place for couples at this particular time in their life. They're in this, like, zone at the shelter where they can actually nurture and hone their relationship, get to know each other. This is, this is a gift that um, a, a most people that enter arranged marriage don't get. In recent years, some government shelters have been giving love couples that gift of togetherness and time. Instead of segregating people by gender, they're allowing couples on the run to live together in the shelter. 
But when shelter life comes to an end, they have to, you know, kind of be the puzzle piece that fits back into the larger family unit. Sometimes they don't fit. Speaking to these couples, it's often the woman's family that doesn't accept their relationship. It's the maternal grandparents who never meet their grandchildren. It's the woman who goes and lives with in-laws who were against her, in-laws who might have even threatened her, and they have a a shaky truce. But she doesn't have her people anymore. Some couples put an ocean between themselves and their families. Others end up very close to their hometowns, but in perpetual hiding, careful not to step outside without sunglasses and a headscarf. Gurav and Akriti say they were relatively lucky. Gaurav and Akriti have gone back to their hometown. Gaurav says the family knows that Akriti is safe. And the anger reduced over time. And he's studying to be a police officer. As for Surya and Akanksha, they've not patched things up with Akanksha's parents. Akanksha says her family had packed their bags and moved away. She tried to get in touch with her family and she messaged her sister. But her sister did not respond and instead she blocked her number. So nobody in her immediate family is in touch with her. Surya's mom, Poonam, had always loved Akanksha. From the time the girl had entered her apartment as a teenager, she doted on her like the daughter she never had. When Surya and Akanksha escaped the Love Commando shelter, Poonam was worried sick about them. Someone would say, he's here. Someone would say, he's not. And sometimes they will say, he's been killed. So different people will say different things. So when Surya just shows up for his brother's wedding, (laughs) I felt like chasing him away. You were angry with him. Why? Why did he do this? He was told not to, but he still did it. Naturally, when I think about that day, I feel sad. I trusted Akanksha's parents when I sent her with them. But look how they treated her. So many of the rules of society that we accept do come down to the choices we feel we're allowed to make. When Akanksha was not her daughter, she didn't feel like she had a choice. Akanksha is my daughter now, so I feel bad that she was hurt. In a country where so many choices about love are left to parents, it had taken her son's decision to allow Poonam to make one of her own. Poonam um, belatedly actually threw a wedding for Surya and Akanksha. Yeah, we did a full-fledged ceremony with all the bells and whistles. Haldi, Mehndi, Sangeet, Bharat. 
Like, she realized that they had had this wedding on the fly when they were eloping, and it was tinged with all of this fear and and danger and this um, shame that they felt. And she wanted to sort of override that memory and give them a proper wedding. Family is happy. And... uh... Akanksha says she also was happy that they would not be separated. They would stay together. There was no need to play hide-and-seek anymore. But even after two weddings, it still feels to all of them like this story is not finished. May the kids stay well and be happy. And we also wait for the day that her parents would finally accept them. Hey, I'm Mansi Choksi, and I want to thank everyone who has supported our work by signing up for Embedded Plus. We're going to keep those special benefits going by giving Embedded Plus listeners some bonus episodes for the next few weeks. We have some exciting conversations coming up with journalists and filmmakers who are thinking deeply about love and marriage in modern India. Signing up for Embedded Plus helps keep ambitious storytelling alive at NPR. So head over to plus.npr.org embedded or find the Embedded channel in Apple to find out more. Thank you, Mansi. Wow. I um I hope you've enjoyed this series and I've really not digested the fact that this is like the last episode I'm going to make for you on NPR. I have so many people that I could thank right now, too many people honestly, have helped me make the podcast over the years. But I just want to end by thanking you for listening. The stories we tell on Rough Translation, they are nuanced, they have gray zones, and they take you inside the messiness of real people's lives in faraway places. Whether you've been listening from the first episode in 2017 or you've just tuned in for this series, it is a privilege to make stories for listeners like you. And as you may know, I am leaving NPR this month. Check out my Substack. It's an email newsletter called Rough Transition, totally free to sign up. And there you can follow me for more stories, more countries, and more community. You'll also be helping me find a new home for Rough Translation. So join me at Rough Transition. Find me on Substack.com or the Substack app. Stories from a changing world. Love Commandos from Rough Translation is a collaboration with NPR's International Desk. It was reported by Lauren Freyer. The series was written and edited by me, Gregory Warner. And it was co-hosted by me, Mansi Choksi. This episode was produced by senior producer Adelina Lansinese and producer Ariana Lee with help from Parcha and Elena Torek. Our senior editor is Luis Treas. Our consulting editors are Miranda Kennedy and Sana Krasikov. The Love Commandos team includes Justine Yan, Dan Goma, Kimberly Aiza, Bhaskar Chaudhary, and Jess Jang. Our producers in India include Raksha Kumar and Sushmita Pathak. Fact-checking by Nicolette Khan. Mary Glendinning is Director of Research at NPR's RAD Department. Legal support from Michael Ratner and Johannes Dergi. NPR Standards and Practices Editor is Tony Cavan. Mastering by Josh Newell. The Love Commandos theme song is by Vasu and Amira Gill, and it's inspired by Rough Translation's original theme song from John Ellis. And by the way, next week, right in this feed, you can hear a roundtable with those composers, Amira, Vasu, John. We're going to chat about creativity and collaboration and dancing with words. I love this conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear it. 
Additional music in this episode by Ramtin Arablui, Nick Dupre, and Firstcom Music. Bela Shah lent her voice to this episode. Translation support from Syed Bismillah Gilani. To see original illustrations of this series by Vartika Sharma, visit npr.org slash rough translation. Our visuals editor is Emily Bogle. Irene Noguchi is the executive producer of the Enterprise Storytelling Unit, our home at NPR. Liana Simstrom is our supervising producer. Didi Skanky is chief editor and Nishan Dahia is deputy supervising senior editor of NPR's International Desk. Anya Grunman is NPR's senior vice president of programming and audience development. I'm Gregory Warner. You can follow me on various social platforms at Radio Grego or on Substack at gregorywarner.substack.com. And thanks for listening to Rough Translation. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.